Welcome. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It looks like my headset is not working, but that's okay. I'll get another one. I wanted to just say that Jesse's out today. Matt Arnold will be joining me today here on the show. And as you know, he has a, a show here. Mr. Engineer, my ear, I can't hear anything on it, but we're going to have a great show. I'll tell you why. Uh, I got some great news to tell you about the, oh, there you go, now I can hear it, the uh, country of Hungary. This is a great, great story. They are making it more difficult for anyone to get an abortion in their country. And as you might have heard, well, some time ago, Matt, oh, welcome, Matt Arnold joining us for Jesse and uh, the Terry and Jesse show. Hey, Terry. Matt, this is great news. Hungary, the country of Hungary, says that women who have at least four children, okay, pay no income tax. You, <laughs> myself, there's an incentive. But are you, are you, Matt? Can you imagine right now? This is a joke because Matt has more than four children. <laughs> can you imagine the money you would have today if you were in that country and you had your family and you didn't pay any income tax? Wow. Yeah, it's it's a uh, incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yep. that is you know, and and really incredible. I in in today's atmosphere, what a what a uh, a blessing. But this this shows you there's a government that that sees the demographic winter. There's a yeah. there's a government that wants their country and their culture to continue to exist. Yeah, because how do you survive if you don't have citizens? Give me a break. Yep. And also, we're going to cover some stories that show us that we're making progress in regards to uh, the cultural war. Number one. Uh, story is that the porn industry is feeling the heat and the intensity from many groups, Christian groups, working to shut down the evil empire. Praise God. See, this is what's so beautiful. And Matt, the reason I bring these up is because I want to give you the story that I just got before the show. Uh, Senator Graham introduced a bill to ban abortions nationwide after the 15th week of the baby forming in the mother's womb. Now, this is a first down if he can get it through. Now, there's mm-hmm. no way he's going to get it through. But you know what, Matt? Here's my point. And you and I can appreciate this, and I hope our listeners can. Just because we're not successful doesn't mean we can't keep trying. Oh, of course. And never, right. In other words, Matt, this guy at his exit interview will go before the judgment seat and say, Jesus, I tried. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Oh, Amen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have in our good Lord himself the, the greatest example, because, you know, I, I don't think anybody on Calvary that day was saying, wow, what a great victory. And yet it was. Amen, brother. Yes, sir. And we're going to also cover uh, the German Senegal way. That's really a fiasco. We'll talk Whoa. about that. And, um, you know, a good story again about how Christians are standing up. Christian Baker find for homosexual wedding cake refusal. Remember that back in, what, Mm -hmm. four years ago? Well, it's still getting close to going back to the Supreme Court, and we'll get into that. And my favorite topic of the day is, Matthew, it's almost 800 years to the day when the practice of perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament began. And I think we should know that because this is our answer to everything, is is our love for Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, we got so much more to talk, but before we get into that, and also I want to keep referring to Cardinal Burke's comments where he called you, me, everyone listening, faithful Catholics must remain in the church, hold bishops accountable to the apostolic tradition. Hey, Matt, you've been saying that for a, a long time. Yes, I've yes. been saying it, but you know what, Matt? You're not a cardinal. 
No, it's very not. No, and but it's nice <laughs> and, to and th- and thanks be to God. You can thank your lucky stars. Amen, though. brother. Well, <laughs> lots to talk about, but let's get some soul food in us today's um, feast day. I talk about the saint of the day. What a great saint, Matthew. This is uh, today's uh, gospel, Matthew. Or excuse me, Luke chapter seven, verse eleven to seventeen. All right. Jesus journeyed to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd accompanied him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her and said to her, Do not weep. He stepped forward and touched the coffin. At this the bearers halted, and he said, Young man, I tell you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, exclaiming, A great prophet has arisen in our midst, and God has visited his people. This report about him spread through the whole of Judea and in all the surrounding region. Thus far the words of the Holy Gospel. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Your thoughts, Matt? Well, like you know, it, interestingly, of course, and I and I find this all the time is that it ties into what we were already talking about, mm-hmm. and that is that um, that death is not the end. Nope. Death, in fact, for us is is a victory. Yep. And there's something that Saint Paul said that uh, I had a hard time. I'll be perfectly honest. Over the, you know my first twenty years or so as a, as a convert. Sure. Uh, to wrap my mind around this, but yeah. as as I get older, now that I'm 60 blah, 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 years old, um, St. <laughs> um, Paul said, for me to live is Christ mm. and to die is gain. Amen. I mean, here's a man who was doing some good work for the church, yep. right? And he, he had an important apostle. He had, a, he had a powerful ministry. He, you know, all throw on all the uh, post-Vatican II adjectives that you want. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, I, to, for me to live is Christ, but I'm looking forward to the day when I meet him face to face. Well you know, said. Well that's said. Where, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's what it's all about. You know? and, and, and you can see, too, that at, at the time when this happened, the whole world was dead in sin. Yep. Like, just as that widow's like, son was dead. Like and, now. You know, and being dead, if you're dead, what can you do to help yourself in this world? You know, nothing, right? He couldn't even ask for help. But, you know, we see illustrated here the compassion that God has for us, because it's the same for us, that he would, uh, the second person of the Blessed Trinity would become a human being, would become a man, in order to raise us to life with him. Yep. You know, and also that uh, the dead man, he, he didn't earn a second chance, okay, any more than we can earn our salvation or, or that we deserve our redemption. Right. But it is a gift that we can accept and praise God for and be thankful for and to, uh, you know, just determine to use our lives in order to do his will. Well said. Today's feast day is St. John Chrysostom, bishop and doctor of the church. You know, there's an interesting connection with St. Ambrose. Uh, I know you know this, Matt, but it made me really realize we gave the story about St. Ambrose and the um, emperor who was <clears throat> wanting to come in to the church after he did a terrible deed of about 8,000 murders of women mm-hmm. and children. And uh, Ambrose said, no, you need to repent. You can't even come into the church. Well, who influenced him? Are you ready? It was St. John Chrysostom. So this is just birds of the feather flocking together. Mm-hmm. Now, he was born in Antioch, Syria, and was given uh, a, the, uh, the name Golden Mouth because this man could preach. And mm-hmm. I, I think of the only one that I could 
come up with someone like that was a Fulton Sheen. Now, I'm mm-hmm. sure there were other saints that did this, uh, that had that gift, but man, uh, we sure could use more uh, Bishop Sheens and St. John Chrysostomus in the church today. Amen. All right, well, talking about Bishop Sheen, let's bring the smartest guy. Full Sheen ahead. <laughs> this is interesting. He says, Matt, Bishop Sheen, and I just want to say publicly, tomorrow, yes, Matt and I are going to be meeting. Folks, are you ready for this? Some of the radio stations around the country have asked me and Matt together to put together some quotes of Fulton Sheen. We'll call it Full Sheen Ahead. It'll promote Virgin Most Powerful Radio, too. And just talk about it, some of the quotes, because they're so good. And they want like a two- or three-minute thing. What will you hear? Right. Virgin Most Powerful. Here's the quote of the day. God has given different gifts for different people. Well, I think we all agree on that. There is no basis for feeling inferior to another who has a different gift. Once it's realized that we shall be judged by the gift we have received rather than the gift we have not. (laughs) One who is completely delivered from a false sense of inferiority. You know, Matt, I think that's a great advice for kids and for us Mm -hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of our kids, I mean, you, we both raised our kids, but I've had my kids come and say, you know, Mikey in school, he, he's like, he's got a great arm, man. He's the greatest pitcher. Why can't I pitch like him? Yeah. <laughs> and, right. you know, it's because you don't have the arm Mikey has. Okay. Right. Yeah. You, but You're, you need to find out what the gift is exactly. the one that you did receive. He yeah. can't play third base like you either. Yeah. So right. everybody has special gifts. And I think that's the key from what I can tell in life is uh, one of the uh, great spiritual writers, Father Jordan Ullman, spiritual theology. He said, he said this, God's will is uh, tied into the gifts he's given to you. I thought, well, mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I thought it was beautiful, Matt. Yeah. And it yeah. touched me as a young man. I said, I just need to connect with what gifts he's given me and that's right. do that. So I think it's great advice by Fulton Sheen. Matt, when yeah, we... Yeah, that's, that's why a new generation of people need to hear that. A oh, new generation of Catholics need, uh, need this uh, wisdom. They do. And again, I, I know I'm a, I'm a, I've been pre- preaching this for a while, but someday, maybe not in my lifetime, we will have St. Bishop Sheen, because mm-hmm. it, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, because his writings are stellar. And uh, more people who listen to Fulton Sheen say to me all the time, man, he's amazing. How does he do this? Well, remember... We're going to talk about perpetual adoration. This man spent 60 years every single day right. of his life before our Eucharistic king. You think that has something to do with it? I, I do. I think maybe it is. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe. All right, when we come back from our break, Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero on the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to be able to tell you a good news story about a Christian baker who was uh, fine for standing up for their Christian faith. And things are looking good. Because through God's grace and perseverance, we're making progress in this cultural war. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. That's not Jess Romero. That's Matt Arnold. <laughs> and uh, hey, Matt, I, during the break, I got a text from one of our listeners. It's kind of interesting. He said, thanks uh, for talking about the country of Hungary. I'm 
migrating from Canada to uh, Hungary. And I said, wow. well, that's great. But here's the interesting note. His father <coughs> left East Germany to avoid communism, and he migrated <coughs> in the uh, late 80s, early 90s to Canada. And uh, his comment in the text is, now I'm leaving Canada because of Marxist movements in Canada to go to Hungary, which is a communist country at one time. So it's an wow. interesting full circle. Isn't that ironic? That yeah, yeah, the more, more things yeah. change. Yeah. Yep, that's it. All right, here's the good news story. Christian Baker fined for gay... I never used the word gay. Sorry, I'm happy. I'm gay. Uh, <laughs> a homosexual wedding cake, supposedly. Uh, homosexual wedding. It's refused to take case back to U.S. Supreme Court. Basically, um, what's happening in this article, Matt, and I'm, I'm happy to say... Uh, the Colleen's, they were Christian parents of five children. They launched their little sweet cakes a bakery back in 2007 in Oregon, just east of uh, Portland, Oregon. And basically, um, you know, they're happy to serve everyone. They, you know, they make these cakes and they, they, uh, they said, you know, but a, a, a homosexual couple filed a lawsuit against them arguing that it was unlawful discrimination because they wouldn't make a cake for them. They, they they disagree, and it's been going to the courts. They lost at first, and they were supposed to pay $135,000, which they don't have, mm-hmm. and damages. And then finally, uh, through legal things, they tried to cut it down to $30,000 uh, months later. But in July of 22, um, they're still going at it now in September of 22, which is now, announced they once again have called on the Supreme Court to review their client's case. And I suspect, Matt, this is my suspicion, mm-hmm. that they, the, the way the Supreme Court is set up right now, I think they have a good case for their First Amendment rights of free speech to be right. implemented here. I could be wrong, but you know what? I give these people credit, Matt, that they've persevered, what, eight years, seven, eight years of fighting this? Right. Yeah. You, yeah. And you know that that's not a, that is a costly oh, big endeavor, not not just monetarily, but emotionally oh, and, and exactly. spiritually as well. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's one of those things. I remember this case. We all I'm sure everybody listening do. does that that that, uh, that these people were targeted. That's right. You know, they, they were they were a Christian baker. They they the, the couple went to them purposely in order to make this ruckus, you know, either to get them to compromise their principles or to um or to be the target of this lawsuit, you know, and, and to, to make an example of them. Point is, though, I mean, this tells you where we are regarding the courts. There's no way this should ever have gotten in front of a judge. Yeah, yeah. Really? Because it's like, you're talking about discrimination. It's like, well, okay, if they were the only baker in the world, <laughs> you know, and they said, no, no, no cake for you, that would be one thing. Yeah. You know, but but it's like, no, these are people, that it's, it's a matter of private enterprise. They have a right to refuse service to anyone for any reason. Exactly. And and uh, and it's not like they couldn't go down the street to a baker that would have happily baked them a cake. In fact, uh, as I recall, they weren't even from the area. Yeah, they, they were. They had, they had to go looking to find a Christian baker to, to yeah. you know, refuse to make the cake. You know, Matt, this brings a, another story in my own life. As you know, and our listeners know, we have funerals here at the chapel, hundreds of them a year. And um, one particular uh, couple came in, an elderly couple, and um, uh, they were um, people of color, and uh, they thought that maybe we would discriminate, and I won't say what color, but just, you know, they were a yeah, right, minority. Yeah. Get it, yeah. And so, you know, I said, fantastic, I love it. 
You know, everything they, they would say to me that was uh, going to be construed as some kind of discriminatory thing, I'd say, oh, no, that's great. I said, um, um, you know, uh, the truth has no color. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So I said that. I said, the truth is, is the truth. People are people. And so we don't discriminate against anybody. So anyhow, they, they put their deposit down, and uh, they wanted to have their funeral. And then the next day, you know, I put their money in the bank for our ministry, and they, it was a stop payment on the check. Uh-oh. hate when that happens. And yeah. uh, so I called a couple up, and uh, they said, well, we decided we don't want it, your services. I said, well, that's okay, but, you know, it would cost us $35 for the, the ministry to, you mm-hmm. know, for your, your check. That you, you, would you please, you know, we consider it and pay that fee since, you know, you wrote the check and earns. She says, oh, you can go pound sand. <laughs> so <laughs> the point I'm making to you is there are people that go out and try to set these things right, up. Right, yeah, these, these were people that were actually hoping that you would make a fuss and were disappointed when you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they canceled their check. Okay, let's, uh, let's do this, Matt. Uh, the next little topic that I have, and, and again, this is just, I won't read the article, but I'll just say, this is, again, Christians standing up to the culture of death, and I think pornography is the culture of death. It mm-hmm. ruins so many people's lives and, and family life. And people say, well, the porn industry is so big. Look on the Internet, and it's, you know, two-thirds of the Internet is pornographic stuff. Right. And how do you, how do you knock down Goliath? Well, um, what's happening is people of good faith are saying, we're going to sue them for mm. what they do, and we're going to take them to court, and we're going to show the court what they do, and then let's see what happens. And so they're making yeah. huge uh, lawsuits, and it's, a, it's part of an international effort to dismantle, I won't say that, the, but to the porn industry, because I don't even right. want to say the name of the place. Right, sure. So the point of it I'm, I'm making to you is they've targeted mainstream companies that have partnered with these groups. Ah, now you're get, You see how they're doing it now? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a good news story for me. I'm just grateful that they're doing this. And again, how does that come back to uh, our responsibility as Christians to stand up for the truth? This is what Cardinal Berg, this is what the Catholic faith is all about. We have to sanctify the temporal order. How do mm-hmm. we do that? By keeping our mouths quiet? No. We have to speak up. And sometimes, Matt, you and I, we have to take it on the chin. Right. Well, that's the thing. You got it. Kind of it comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. It also, you know, the the loud fly gets the swatter. Right, <laughs> yeah. Matt. Before we take, I want to take a couple minutes because I don't think a lot of people know about your show. And I usually wait to the end, but I have a good thing I want to do at the end. Can you just share right now a little bit of what you do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio? Because I think. You're kind of behind the scenes other than one week, one one day a week radio show. Why don't you share right. with our listeners what you do? All right. Well, uh, you know, I uh, thank you, Terry. Um, well, I appreciate what you do and your wife. Yeah. Don't, don't uh, forget you your know, better half. That's right. Betty and I, my wife Betty and I both work mm-hmm. for the Apostolate. You know, we uh, she maintains our website and does the uh, uh, takes care of the app and all that stuff mm-hmm. and does all the updating and administration on that, which is a um, you know, very necessary thing that yep. uh, we benefit from. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm writing and doing, working with graphics and, you know, doing the thumbnails for the shows every day and all yep. that sort of thing. Yep. Um, as well as the occasional, uh, special project when things come along that my talents Always. are suited for, uh, it falls into my lap and it's, rightly so. Amen. Uh, 
but the the program no nonsense catholic yeah. i just you know I, I as you recall when i when i first uh, uh came to virgin most powerful radio i was doing a, a daily show called happy hour and i was you know trying to Happy hour, not because it was an hour of happiness. Um, unfortunately, that would have been great, <laughs> but but more to uh, you know give the idea that um, you know that we would have a conversation, uh, the listeners and I, like you would have in a pub over a pint. Hence, happy hour. Got it. And then uh, you know because of my other duties here, it became difficult to to manage the the daily show. And I went to once a week, and then we had a name change a couple of years ago. I changed mm-hmm. the name of the program to No Nonsense Catholic. Because I'm, you know, I am at heart and uh, primarily by occupation a catechist. Yep. I teach the faith, and and I've realized that um, that's the that's the most important thing. You know, you have to you you don't major on the minors. You got to You've got to uh, uh, put time and effort into the fundamentals of anything if you want to if you want to be good at it. If you want to be a good ball player or a yep. good musician or whatever, you got to you know you got to play the scales on your violin. You got to run drills on the football field. You got to go to batting practice. And even though those are very basic, uh, elements to the sport or the, or the, uh, you know, activity, whether you're a musician or a marksman or whatever, uh, it's absolutely necessary. And how many people, Terry, go to, you know, they, they take a catechism class for the first Holy communion. Maybe they go, uh, back for confirmation when they're 14 or whatever. And that's the last uh, of, of the religious education they have. Yep. That's one of those things. So many times, you know, I've run into people that have fallen away from the faith, you know, and, and we have to face it. The majority of, of Catholics are fallen away Catholics. That's it seems fact. like these that's days. Um, and, you know, and people say, oh, you know, don't talk to me about that. I, I had 12 years of Catholic school, right? That's a, that's a classic. I survived Catholic school, they will tell me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that's the thing. And I, and I took a, actually a, a leaf from your book and said, you know, and asked them a couple of basic catechism questions. Sure. And then when they can't answer, because they never can, yep. you know, I will say, hey, you know, maybe you <laughs> haven't really rejected the Catholic faith. Maybe what you've rejected is your childish understanding of the Catholic faith because you never, uh, you know, uh, developed an adult understanding of it. Yep. Maybe you don't know what you're missing, you know, and uh, and sometimes... That plants a seed, and and people uh, find a pearl of great price. Matt, you know. That, so that's what No Nonsense Catholic is about. Awesome! It's on every Wednesday after the Terry and Jesse show. Matt, this reminds me of a priest who said something similar to what you said. His name is Father Gerald, and he is a chaplain for co- Catholic colleges. And he said this: As I get to know all these awesome college students more and more, one thing is coming in crystal clear. They're not interested in weak Catholicism. There you go. They want the truth. They want beauty. They want goodness. They want tradition. I think every one of those things your show does. Well, you know, thank you. I, I'm, I'm certainly that is our that is our intent. <laughs> yes, for sure. And, we're shooting and, for. and Father says they want community. They want authentic masculinity. You get that in Matt's show too. Mm. They want authentic femininity. Of course, they want heaven. And they want <laughs> other souls to get there with them. You know what? I think that's so awesome that this priest is there working with young souls. This is one of the reasons, Matt, I think the church, uh, you know, even with all this persecution that's going on when even on the high levels of the church saying that, you know, we're, um, as Cardinal Burke says, you know, don't, don't uh, ever take it when they say that you're a traditionalist, uh, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're into uh, tradition, and that's a bad thing. 
No, no, that's a good thing. We call it the perennial teachings of the church. Mm-hmm. And, and Cardinal Burke made a really strong statement when he said this. Uh, we, and this was just two weeks ago when he said that cardinals, we says we need good Catholics to correct their bishops when they've spoken or acted against the faith in cases where the faith is betrayed, even within the church itself. It is even more important for her to insist on Catholic doctrine. Do you see what you just do what you do on your show on Wednesdays mm-hmm. in practice? They must understand that they are not free to do so, that they are obliged to defend the Catholic faith in these times. And this is really powerful. He says, obedience can never command us to do anything that is against our faith and good morals. Remember Amen. that. Remember that. When we come back, we're going to talk about correcting the bishops in Germany as lay people, calling them out and say, wait, this doesn't square with the perennial teachings of the church. Canon 212, we're implementing it, folks. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, it's Terry and Matt. Matt's sitting in for Jess Romero. And Matt, thanks again for taking the hot seat for today. Oh, always a pleasure to be here, Terry. (laughs) Hey, Matt, this is something that you and I have watched for the last couple years, the Senadel way of of, uh, getting these Catholics and non, as a matter of fact, non-Catholics, anybody can come in except uh, traditional Catholics. Okay. Uh, did I say that? Yes, I did. This is uh, wh- what's happening in Germany. This Sedonal Way, uh, the assembly, their fourth assembly um, came out and basically the female co-president of the German Sedonal Way doubles down on abortion support. So they're basically saying that the Catholic Church needs to lighten up and change its view on something for 2,000 years that we right. thought that life is sacred. It's kind of almost you know, laughable in one sense, Matt, but it's not laughable because it's actually, it's actually taking place as we speak. That well, you know, it, Terry, here's, let, me, let me give just for, the, for those who maybe haven't been sure. following this uh, the way we have, just a little background. Mm. First of all, as a catechist, I can tell you that, that the... Uh, the changings of the church, that God and and <laughs> the change. doctrines of the church have something in common. They're immutable. That means yeah. they can't change. Okay, so that's number one. When they're saying, well, we're going to change this doctrine, we're going to change that doctrine, it's like, well, no one would be uh, uh, obliged to uh, obe- obey that because it's nonsense on its face. Okay, just take that, you know. Good point. <clears throat> Actually, we can go on and talk about something else now, but. <laughs> no, that's true, because <laughs> you know, you're absolutely I mean, right. Speaking. Yes, but, you know, the thing is, on September the 8th, just a few days ago, on, and, and don't think that they didn't realize that that was the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. They had their vote, the German bishops and the, uh, and the lay wing of this synodal path. And a majority of the bishops endorsed this statement, and it was a statement that would have put the German episcopate on record in favor of changing the church's teaching on sexuality and, right. like you mentioned, abortion. Sure. Now, now they didn't... It didn't pass. And some people are saying, oh, it's a great victory. But, you know, but I'm, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but I'm a realist. Of course. 
And I can tell you that they didn't get the two-thirds majority of the bishops. They did get the two-thirds majority of the lay people, but they did get a majority of the bishops. They only missed it by five votes, Terry. And, and Jesse, I'm with Jesse, sorry, Matthew, <clears throat> they're, as Monsignor Harris just told me this morning at Mass, they're sending that off to Rome and saying, this is what we are agreeing, this is what we're going to do, whether yeah, they yeah, got the yeah. votes or not. Bishop, yeah, Bishop Batsing said, look, when I go to the Synod in October, yep. I'm, I'm bringing the statement with me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For, for for debate, whether yeah, it doesn't matter that it didn't, it didn't uh, quite pass muster. Who cares? And you know that's that's particularly telling, right? Yes. And and that tells you something about this whole synodal thing in the first place. Church isn't a democracy, no. and they're not and they're not interested in what you think. I'm sorry, they're just not. And you know? that I mean to jump in on you. I want you to talk on that because I'm convinced, and I I mean this that this is basically an agenda. They have it already pre-set. So no matter what anybody says, this is the outcome. And I'm, I'm sorry to have to say that about our church teaching right now. But well, you know, what? They you know we're not talking about—you're not really talking about the church. You're no. talking about global leftism. Yeah, I agree with you. When I was a kid, uh, well, a younger man in the 1970s, yes. um, <laughs> I remember during the Carter administration, do you remember what he was doing? He was pushing— for same-sex marriage, he was pushing for universal health care. Yeah, you know all of this, all this, you know, and and the the agenda hasn't changed, not one bit. Oh, they kept going at it. <clears throat> you know, and so I mean, Clinton tried. Remember Hillary Care? Oh yeah. Right, and and fell short of the mark on that. That's right, but they kept and, going at and it. and put and pushed for homosexual marriage and wound up having to sign the Defense of Marriage Act instead. Yep. And then just, you know, just whatever, ten years later, twelve years later. <clears throat> you see Obamacare happening and same-sex marriage, and it all happened. In in California, we defeated Proposition 8, which would have, you know, and, and it didn't matter. The courts overturned it. Yep. You know, which is why, hey, elections matter, because those people appoint judges, folks. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, anyway, the, the point is that, you know, I think a lot of Catholics have a difficulty understanding what synodality actually means, you know. And I think Bishop Batsing offered us a clue. Apparently, it means that a small cadre of Catholic activists should be allowed to lead the universal church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, e even though they come from a country where, where church attendance is an absolute free fall, and hundreds of thousands of Catholics are right now formally renouncing the faith. That's right, in Germany you know? every year. Yeah, trust us to fix it. I don't think that's, you know, that they're the best qualified. Because it sounds absurd, but, you know, and, and this is not... The problem is that there's an axiom in law that silence betokens consent. Yep. And, you know, I mean, even when Pope Francis, you know, grateful that he gave him a kind of a mild rebuke of that synodal path, but he didn't scold them for undermining the faith. Right. If you recall, he cautioned them because he said, you're moving too fast. Yep. You know, that you're trying to get ahead of the universal church, which sounds, I mean, it, it could at least be construed as him saying, hey, we'll get there. You know, you just have to wait for everybody to, to get on board. I, you know, please God, that's not the case. But if Francis really disagrees with, you know, where they're going with this, he's yet to say so. Well, let me give you a quote. And from so, so we, like you said, this is yeah. all this in context that we have to raise our voices and say, you know what, we're not going to, if you do that, we are not going to follow that. Well, I'm going to give Pope Francis uh, a recommendation from one of the previous popes. He's a saint. St. Pope Felix III, he said, not to oppose error is to approve it. Not to defend truth is to suppress it. And indeed, to neglect to confound evil men when we can do it is no less a sin than to encourage them. Now, I there didn't say it, Matt. 
a, a previous pope said it happens to be a saint. Right. But I imply that to me, not just to Pope Francis. I, Terry Barber, Matthew Arnold, our listener, who are you listening right now? We all have an obligation to speak up because the most merciless thing we can do is let someone wallow in their sin. Right. And I'll tell you something, Terry. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a up. little plug yeah. uh, for people to, to jump on board of this. Every Thursday at the Sacred Heart Chapel, yeah. I know that you guys gather. We do. And I would be with you if I didn't live in a different yeah. county. Yeah. But, you know, we, uh, you gather to pray for a priest, to pray That's for right. the bishops, to pray for the pope. Because, yep. uh, you know, the, the church is going where the clergy takes it, right? They're, they are steering the ship. Yep. And, uh, and so we need holy bishops and holy priests. And the only way we're going to get them is if we storm heaven with prayers. And so one of the ways that we raise our voice is to raise our voice in supplication Absolutely. to the Almighty. Because he's the one that, uh, you know, is going to be he's the ultimate answer to everything. And you know, Matt, at the end of every Terry and Jesse show, I bring up Fatima. Because the Fatima message is a reaffirmation of the gospel. And remember, Our Lady said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Imagine this. We have Catholic priests, I think about 36,000 in America right now. Mm -hmm. The Opus Angelum, we take a priest on. Everybody has a, uh, they don't, you don't, they don't know you're praying for that priest every year. But you, you, it changes every year. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm trying to say is, can you imagine at the exit interview, I keep talking about this exit interview, but can you imagine your prayers when you end in your life and the prayers that you prayed for the conversion of certain people or uh, you prayed for a priest to be faithful or you prayed for a bishop or the pope, <clears throat> those prayers have been effective, but you don't see them. You won't see them until the end of time when you, when you meet our Lord. I believe this, Matt, from the bottom of my heart, that a Hail Mary, and I know St. Louis de Montfort says this, you know, is very powerful. So I would encourage our listeners, when we talk about the problems in Germany or other countries or even our own, that the first reaction is a prayerful reaction to pray for them and their conversion. And the Pray for the conversion of the world because, uh, you know, we know from Our Lady of Fatima that uh, in Our Lady of Good Success, who you we talked mm-hmm. about her yesterday on how she predicted a lot <coughs> of this, these problems that would be going on. But the point of it is Our Lady's message seems to come out every time there's a crisis in the world. And right now, I believe that the Fatima message is so appropriate because it's expiation, it's reparation. It's get down on our knees and pray, offer our rosaries, our masses for the conversion of sinners. Think about this back in 1917 when the children saw a vision of hell. <laughs> yes, and, and, and that many souls are going to hell. And this was 1917. Now, this is 19, 2022. Yeah, I, I, I you know where it. I'm going with that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. the counter is spinning. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why we need to be praying mostly in reparation and expiation for the sins of our own sins, but of the world. And that way, right. everybody can participate in this great work. Not just Matt Arnold or Terry Barber on the radio. It's the, My little uh, grandson came in to the studio just uh, three minutes before the show, picked up the crucifix, and he kissed it and said, I want to bring uh, Jesus the crucifix to Grandma. She's going to kiss the crucifix. Now, Matt, you could say, well, isn't that, isn't that just precious? 
But you know what? I think that bless. I think our Lord is so pleased that a two and a half year old would pick that crucifix up, kiss the crucifix, and he already understands redemptive suffering because we were his grandparents. We're telling him, offer that up, little Bo, for the, for the salvation of souls. And you see, he can be participating in the great work of the church at age two and a half. That, right. That yeah. to me shows the beauty and the brilliance of Catholicism. Amen. That was a be- that's yeah. That's I, I have I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should add something, Matt, because you've done the same thing with your kids. Well, absolutely. And I know no, that. I mean, you know, you we we talk about these things, and I mean, you know that I'm a I'm a medievalist, and and the, absolutely the, the dominant uh, philosophy of the late Middle Ages, you know, was realism. Yes. And that's something that, you know, I think maybe Lost. people think that's funny. They're like, oh, that was a dark and superstitious no, time. No, just the like, opposite. No, now we live in a dark and superstitious Exactly. Time. <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, more people just recognizing that reality includes uh, the invisible world. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that, that God and heaven. I, I, I was reading an article recently about an atheist who said, you know, who asked the question, he's do argument ad absurdum, where's heaven? There's lots of satellites up there, nobody's seen it, you know? <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, that's not a childish question. It's a childlike question, where is heaven? But there is an answer, you know, that that it, 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 that is, um, you know, it, it's outside of space and time. That's right. Right, that, that's why the satellites don't see it, Mr. Atheist Man. You and that's something, that's something that your two and a half year old uh, uh, grandson understands uh, instinctively through his <laughs> baptism and the grace of heaven grandparents like you and Mary Danielle. Well said. When we come back, we're going to talk about what took place 800 years ago. Throw adoration. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Terry and Jesse, actually, Matt Arnold fitting <laughs> in for Jess Romero. I think it's kind of ironic, but Matt, thank you so much. Matt, this is a, an amazing uh, story. And before I get it, I want to play a little clip of Bishop Joseph Strickland a few minutes from now, because his show starts right after the Terry and Jesse show today. Because I just, I really like to promote our shows and especially the bishop, because we have a unique position here at VMPR, having Bishop Strickland come on every week. And what a joy that is. But I want to bring this up because September 11th, yeah, we had our September 11th tragedy here in America, but this is uh, marking 796 years ago, perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament began in Avignon, France a practice that's now spread to the entire world. And I just think it's so beautiful that that has happened. Uh, and you know what's interesting, Matt? This went on for a long time, until uh, 1792, uninterrupted until the chaos of the French, French Revolution. Revolution yeah. And then years later, was that eight plus uh, 37 years later, uh, in 1829, Thanks to the efforts of the Gray Penitents, a group of several confraternities started it back up. And what's beautiful about Eucharistic adoration, for us at least, and here in the 21st century, so many young men that I've met in my 60-some years of life have said that's where they found their vocation to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I've, met, I've met people, and you know this because it's in my book, a lady 
who was before our Eucharistic king because I told her to go when she was a high school student in my class to visit Jesus if you ever have an issue with an unplanned pregnancy. And she went into that chapel and she told me that she felt that our Lord was calling her to keep the baby. So miracles take place. Why? Because it's Jesus Christ, his body, blood, soul, and divinity of him, Matthew. It doesn't mm-hmm. get any better. And so this is spread all through Europe. Uh, it's come to America. I remember, and I still have a plaque in our Sacred Heart Chapel. I still kept it, promoting 40 hours, showing every Catholic church in the Diocese of L.A. where they would have 40-hour devotions. So perpetual adoration for those 40 hours, and people would come and pray. And I think that the evidence is clear. The fruit of adoration is a great love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No question. You know, um, back in, I think it was 2018, Okay. Um, I went out to uh, speak at Holy Apostles Seminary out oh, in Cromwell, uh, Cromwell Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, I, the, the priest that asked me out there, Father Bill McCarthy, uh, God rest his soul, he passed a couple years ago. Yep. Um, or a year ago, I'm not exactly sure. But um, great, wonderful priest and just, and just uh, worked himself to the bone uh, for our good Lord. You know, his yeah. ministry was, he had the energy, um, you know, at 80 years old that wow. I didn't, I didn't have at 40. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that God right now. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, uh, and, and some of that had to do with the time that he spent in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I'm absolutely yeah. convinced. But um, one of the seminarians there was a, uh, a monk uh, who was, you know, um, uh, going to become a priest. He'd been ordained a deacon, and he was one of the Knights of the Holy Eucharist, speaking of the Holy Eucharist, the, the group from uh, in Irondale, Alabama there, sure. that, uh, you know, connected to Mother Angelica's right. uh, order. And he said to me, I, I was talking about Our Lady of Good Success. I was talking about, you know, as bad as things look, there's, you know, there's good stuff happening in the church if you look for it. And Eucharistic adoration, you know, right. probably number one on the list. And, you know, I, I'd mentioned how many chapels there are that have yep. Eucharistic adoration. And, and there's, at the time, this is 2018, there were over 800 yep. churches in the United States with perpetual adoration, where there's awesome. somebody in front of the, the Blessed Sacrament 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Awesome. And, and he said to me that, based on you know, their research, that there were more people in the United States making a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament today than ever before in our history. That's awesome. And, and you know, that, that reminds me of a Fulton Sheen quote about the power of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, talking about the cloistered men and women are doing more <coughs> for our country than all its politicians, its labor leaders, its army, its navy put together. They are atoning for sins of us all. They are averting the just wrath of God, repairing the broken fences of those who sin and pray not, rebel and atone not. As ten just men would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah, so ten just saints could save a nation now. That's why I think adoration is so special. Matt, I want to play a little clip and get your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Bishop Joseph Strickland will be on the next hour, right after the Terry and Jesse show. But I want to give people a taste of him, because you, if you haven't heard him, this he speaks like no other bishop I've heard of. So let's play the clip and give your thoughts. Sadly, priests and bishops, I haven't heard too many deacons, but they're probably in it too, that are saying, oh, this word of God has been misunderstood or needs to be reinterpreted. That's not what the church teaches. Nope. Um, the, the basic Word of God, yes, we can understand it more deeply. It's always a mystery. 
Um, and as I continue to read, I think a lot of the I've always said that a lot of the heresies from the very beginning, they're trying to make it easy. They're trying to make it simple. <laughs> they're trying to humanize it. Yes. And instead, Christ came to divinize us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not God, but he wants us to share so fully in the life of God. And we only do that if we're willing to be changed by him and not change him to fit us. We just see too much of that going on now. And we've got to know him in word and sacrament, in sacrament and word. It's always going back and forth. Like we... As simple as we are, human beings, we are multidimensional as well. Yeah. That's one of the things that is the great Catholic truth, that we are good. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're sinners, but body and blood, soul and humanity, we are a goodness, an expression of the goodness of the Lord. And we're called to flourish in that to overcome our sinfulness. And we're hearing too much in the world today, even from the church. Oh, don't worry about sin. God's merciful. Because God's merciful, we're obligated to turn from sin, to repent of our sins, and to think we can we can have all the mercy and have none of the repentance. That's, that's just not reality. Amen. We're, we're fooling ourselves. And too many in the church today, and certainly in the world, but even in the church, where we should know real mercy. Mercy is hard won by the Lord as he goes through his passion and suffers deeply, dies on the cross, and then rises from the dead. How do we unlock his mercy for each of us? We go through our own passion. We die to sin and rise to his life. And if we shortcut that, we lose it. We we lose the power. Just as Christ didn't shortcut it, he was divine. He could have just said, oh, I'll save you without dying on the cross. But he poured out his, his last drop of blood. He completely sacrificed himself. We can't compromise. And there's, there's too much compromise in all kinds of ways in the church wow. today. Wow. You know, see, Matthew, I hear him every week, but when was the last time you heard a bishop talk about, you know, don't when these people tell you about sin and say, don't worry about it. No, worry about it. When he talks about compromise, no compromises here. I just find that yeah. at, here at VMPR, we've got a jewel here in, in Bishop Strickland. Hey, Amen. You know what, Terry? Uh, it, it strikes me mm-hmm. that a lot of people, a lot of Catholics, Prior to the Second Vatican Council, they thought, well, you have to believe everything that church teaches, and you have to adhere to it in order to be saved. And after the council, you had an awful lot of those same Catholics thinking, uh, oh, apparently uh, the church doesn't have a monopoly on the truth, and and all Christians are saved, and probably everybody else. Now, the question is, did the Second Vatican Council teach that? And I understand, you know, the answer is no, it did right. not. Right. <laughs> you know? But uh, that was presented. And I just wanted to put in a plug next month, yeah. in the month of October, we are going to do a one day conference That's at true. Sacred Heart Chapel, you and I and Mary Danielle. That's true. Talking about, you know, will the real Vatican II please stand up? Yep. 
about what's actually in those documents versus what people have claimed is in the documents. And, you know, because that's the thing we, I, I you know, go to a, a parish here in Orange County, uh, a diocesan parish. We have a traditional Latin mass every Sunday. We're so packed that there's probably a hundred people or more outside. Wow. That's every impressive. week. And it's, you know, I mean, we were in there, gosh, I, I, I nearly fainted <laughs> because of the, all the carbon dioxide. Yes. You know, that church was so full <laughs> uh, of, of people. It's like, oh my gosh, there's not enough oxygen in here, you yeah. know? Uh, but the thing is, it's it's not like those people are coming from outside. Those are not all a bunch of former Baptists who are suddenly traditional Catholics. They're they're Catholics who are voting with their feet, who are leaving um, the 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 celebration of the new mass for the celebration of the old mass. Now, I'm not saying that the old mass uh, is is going to is necessarily the future. That that's what's going to you know the church is going to look like in a hundred years. I don't have any you know I don't have the first idea. What I do know, though, is that Catholics are hungry for Catholicism. They are hungry for a non-watered-down presentation of the mysteries of the faith. And, and, And that includes an awful lot of young people and people of every color. You know, if, if, if our parish is any indication. Yep. That's and exciting. and so I you know first off I want to encourage people if you're in Southern California yeah uh, go to the VMPR website that will I'm sure if it's not up it will be soon we'll have the the dates and all that sure. uh, for that conference it is going to be on October the 10th if I'm not uh, that mistaken that is correct yep so make plans to come and join us because I think it's going to be a, a a day of blessing and a day of um, eye opening information for an a- awful lot of folks actually it's October 8th just a Okay, October 8th is a lot Saturday. like October 10th, only different. <laughs> you know what I love about Matt and I? Did you guys have a good time with us? I sure did. This hour flew by, as, they, as Gary would say. Oh, my gosh. But, is, Matt, yeah. um, the quotes from, from Bishop Strickland, this is what he does every single week here on Virgin Most Powerful. So stay with us. If you don't have it on your station, you want to get the free app from us, go to vmpr.org. Download the app and you can hear him and other shows, whether it's Matt or Bishop Strickland or any of our shows, Jesus 911, all of the list. It's all there on the app uh, and you can get that at your convenience. Go to vmpr.org. And for those who didn't get Father Murr's book yesterday, a lot, you're welcome to call us at 877-526-2151. Murder in the 33rd degree. We still have some available. Matt, I just want to ask you a question I'd ask Jesse. What state should we be living in, brother? We should be living in the state of grace. You got the right answer. You, you did it. And thanks again for <laughs> filling in for Jess. Jess will be back tomorrow. And I want to just say, may God bless you. And don't forget what Our Lady said. Hey, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's make everything a sacrifice. That's what Our Lady told the children. And we can tell you because it's the truth. May God richly bless you and your family. Stay tuned for the Bishop Strickland Hour next up.